Welcome to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. It's amazing to be able to share the Word of God. And it's also good to be able to see some of the things that God is doing amongst us as a church family in this season, in individual lives, but also amongst us as a church uh, in our area. And of course, some things we begin to see across our nation. You know, back at the start of the first lockdown, uh, sort of April time, I think we, we said that we believe that this is a season of shaking, uh, but also a season of opportunity. And we still firmly believe that, that as we go in a time like this, as we go into a second lockdown, um, of course we recognize the suffering, the difficulty, the pain, the heartache, some of those things. But in the midst of all that, we are excited about what God is doing um, across the church, across our church family, uh, and also in our nation. And in line with that, I felt God lay some verses on my heart for this morning. They're quite famous verses. And although, as I said, we're not in the building, they're still really relevant, perhaps uh, we might say they're even more relevant um, considering the circumstances that we find ourselves in today uh, on the 8th of November. So if you've been following our Sundays, you'll know that we're currently teaching through the book of Colossians. But today we're going to take a break and we're going to look at these verses from Isaiah. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Isaiah 43. And we're just going to do a couple of verses. And as I say, some of you who have been around church or been Christians for a long time might know these. It says these words in verse 18 and 19 of Isaiah 43. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, for those of you who don't know Isaiah, um, the context of those verses are quite interesting. You see, Isaiah was a prophet who lived at a time of great difficulty. Uh, the section that we've read here was a time when Israel was in exile in Babylon. If you don't know what exile is, basically it's when a foreign kingdom or nation or country comes in, invades the country, kind of decimates it, destroys it, and then carries off a load of the people into their nation, into their kingdom or country, uh, to be slaves and prisoners and servants and things like that. So it's a pretty awful thing to happen. In fact, I think it's quite hard for us in our sort of modern day to imagine just how horrendous something like that could be. And in fact, for the people of Israel, it was even harder because here was a group of people who had been saying, you know, our God, the living God, our God was the true God that they followed and were watched over and looked after by the true God. And yet here they find themselves in exile, taken into a foreign country. How could you say that God was true, powerful, and the living God when those were the circumstances you found yourself in. On top of this, uh, during Isaiah's life, the people of God were quite unfaithful to God. Uh, they worshipped other gods, and even those that were had a level of faithfulness still didn't destroy uh, the, the ways of foreign gods. 
So the verses that we've just read were written at a time when the people of God are humiliated, where they're suffering in pain, things look awful, uh, and they themselves are not even being faithful to God. So what might we expect God to speak into this situation? What might we expect God to say? Well, if you're like me, perhaps you'd think that God might say, you know, well, it serves you right. You know, you've made your bed, now lie in it. You've turned away from me, now I'm going to punish you and ruin you and forget you. But in fact, what happens is into this destruction, into this hopelessness, into this pain and darkness, even into the disobedience of God's people, God speaks a message of hope. He says, don't look at the destruction. Don't look at the former things. Don't look at what was, but behold... Look, I am doing a new thing. And this isn't the only message of hope in the book of Isaiah. In fact, the book of Isaiah is full of the judgment of God, and yet it is full of the message of hope that God is bringing to his people. So God says through Isaiah, yes, there is destruction. Yes, there is pain and difficulty. But look, perceive, I am about something in all of this. I am at work. And I think it's really interesting that Isaiah uses this word, behold, look. Later on he says, uh, do you not perceive it? Why does Isaiah have to encourage and uh, sort of almost challenge the people of God to be able to see what he is about, what he is doing? And I think it's probably pretty easy to understand that. The people of God are looking at the destruction, they're looking at the exile, they're looking at the mess, they're looking at the suffering, and they have concluded, well, if that is the case, then clearly God is not with us. If we've been through all of this, then it must be that God is either not powerful or that God has forgotten us. And Isaiah's challenge is, hang on, behold, look, open your eyes and see, I am about something, I am doing something. You know, how we see is really important. We've got a photo here, hopefully the, the team can put up somewhere. Have we got the photo? Yeah, so here we go. Here's the photo. If you look at this photo, what you can see is a man uh, risking his life uh, holding a bike just for the sake of a simple photo, to risk all that he has for the sake of this photo hanging on. Or is it, if we look from a different angle, if we can see the next photo, what we actually see is that he's lying on the floor in the middle of a tunnel. Okay? You see that? So he's just lying down and they've taken the photo and changed the angle. So we need to realize that it's not only important what we see, but it is critical how we see. The way that we see is important. And it's easy for us to look at our circumstances, look at things going on around us, look at our nation, our lives, and miss what God is doing, miss what God is about. But Isaiah's message is, hang on, look, behold, look rightly, see rightly, and see that God is doing something. So how do we do that? How do we see clearly in this season, in our time? What can Isaiah's message to the people of God back then teach us about our lives today and how we're to see things. We want to look at 
to highlight just three things. Uh, I'm sure there's more in there, but I just want to look at three things that I hope will be helpful to you and to me and to us as we journey through this time that we find ourselves in today. And the first thing is this. I think Isaiah's message, uh, or God's message through Isaiah, teaches God's people that your circumstances do not define you. Listen to this verse that we read. It says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, rivers don't flow in a desert. That's the whole kind of point of using the metaphor of a desert, is that it is a dry and waterless place. And yet, God is saying, hang on, I am the kind of God who will make rivers flow where they're not meant to. Earlier in the passage, it says, thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. That's a reference back to when God's people crossed the Red Sea as he freed them out of captivity in Egypt. Again, you're not meant to be able to walk across seas. And yet God is the God who redefines our circumstances. As the people of God, we need to learn that our circumstances do not define us. The circumstances of Isaiah's time said that they'd been captured, they'd been humiliated, they hadn't been faithful to God. And yet the encouragement was to look at how God was at work in that. And it is so easy for us to look at our circumstances, look at what is going on and think, well, clearly God has forgotten us. Or look even at our world, our country and some of the crazy things that is happening and say, well, God is obviously sick of it all and he's punishing us and he's in a really bad mood. And yet, no, Isaiah's message is, behold, look, see what I am about. So as the people of God, I believe that we must learn to become a people who look at the circumstances. You know, uh, it's not about being fake. Um, we can look at the reality that we face in our lives or in our world, we, but we look at those circumstances and we begin to ask the question, okay, this is what happens, this is happening, but what is God about? What is God doing at this time? How is he at work? How is he working through this to bring about his plan? So if we're going to see right, we must remember that our circumstances do not define us. Secondly, I think Isaiah teaches us that despite mankind's rebellion, God redeems. You know, I'm sure there are loads of people at the time of, of Isaiah looking at the people of God, probably those inside the people of God and those outside, and saying, well, if this has happened to you, clearly God has rejected you clearly God has walked away from you clearly if you've gone into exile if you've been humiliated and and you're going through all this then clearly God is against you but Isaiah's message is no God is still for his people reaching for his people and we have to remember that we have never gone too far to return to God. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've gone, no matter the things that we've taken part in, we've never, we are never too far to return to God. The story of God's people is a story of a people consistently rejecting him and yet God chasing after them and redeeming them and bringing them back to himself. We see it over and over, don't we? You know, God loves his people and yet they turn away from him 
So he raises up a savior to kind of lead them or a leader or a, a, someone to lead their army. And they, they win and they come back to God. And then they turn away from him again. And then he raises up someone else to save them and, and leads them back to himself again. He redeems them. The story of the Bible really is a story of God's constant pursuit of mankind and love for mankind and desire to always bring mankind back into relationship with himself. And this is how we should be thinking of these things. I don't know if you... Um, I find I reference hero movies a lot at the moment. I'm not quite sure why that is. Maybe there's so many around. Um, but it's like in those hero movies when the baddie has the upper hand. You know, the, the, the baddie is going to win. All they've got to do is press the button. It all looks lost. Everything's over. Hope has gone. In that moment, I'm pretty sure you don't turn the telly off and think, well, I'm not going to watch a film where the baddie wins and you walk off. That's not what you do, is it? What you do is you're on the edge of your seat and you're thinking, it all looks lost, it all looks over, but your thought is, how is the hero going to redeem this situation? How is the hero going to work these circumstances and eventually come out on top? And it's a silly example, really, but I wonder if this is how we're to live our lives as Christians, Accepting the circumstances, being real with the reality we face, but constantly having in our mind, how is God going to work in this to bring about his plan? How is God going to redeem this situation and actually make it greater than it would have been without these circumstances? I think we need to do that in our personal lives. I think when we face things, we should be real, we should be honest, we should be vulnerable and authentic. But we can always have that thought, but God... How are you going to work in this? How are you going to bring about your plan? How are you going to work in me through this? I think we need to do that um, for our nation and our area and the things that are happening. I also think we need to do that for other people. You know, when somebody's messed up their life and everything looks horrendous, we shouldn't just write them off, but we should be expectant. God, how are you going to redeem this person? How are you going to draw them back to yourself and win them again? We should be ready and waiting for that. God is constantly, constantly at work. And no matter how many times we reject him, we walk away from him, despite mankind's disobedience, God is a redeeming God. And finally, number three, and this I think is the most important thing. If we're going to have the right perspective, like on that photo, if we're going to get a clear perspective of the way things really are and what God is doing, then thirdly, we need to remember that God is still on the throne. And we've said this a number of times over this period. I don't think we can say it enough, probably. But Isaiah lived in a crazy time. Uh, it's thought that Isaiah was eventually uh, martyred for his faith in the end. He lived through the exile, sort of um, humiliating, humiliation of God's people. He lived through the disobedience of God's people. Um, and I often wonder, how did Isaiah constantly sort of bring messages of hope, bring, hold on to that hope, hold on to that God was working, that God was good in the midst of his circumstances? And um, those of you who know the book of Isaiah will know that back in chapter 6, Isaiah has a vision of God. And um, in this vision, 
it's kind of a wacky vision. It's a bit out there. Uh, he sees the heavens and the throne room of God. And in that place, he sees sort of uh, angels and creatures worshipping God, singing, you know, holy is God and all of this kind of thing. But he sees, the important thing, he sees how high and lifted up God is above the earth and also above the heavenlies. He sees that God is high and mighty and in control. And I wonder how important that moment was to the rest of his ministry. I wonder if there are times when he went through things, he saw things, experienced circumstances where the temptation would have been to say, God is, God's lost it. God is not at work or God hates me or God is powerless or God is punishing us or whatever, these kind of thoughts. I wonder how many times in those moments he thought, ah, hang on, I remember that vision. I remember what I've seen. God is at work. God is in control. God is all powerful. And my challenge to us uh, this morning, those of us in the building, those of us watching at home, is do we have that vision? I'm not necessarily saying we have to have had a vision like Isaiah, but we have the word of God revealed, that, that, that vision revealed to us in the Bible, and many others as well throughout the word. Do we have a vision deep in our core that God is in control, that God is seated on the throne high and lifted up above it all. And that means in those moments when we face the circumstances, when we face COVID, when we face lockdown, when we face some of the civil unrest that we see, we can refer back to that vision and hold it strong within our hearts to say, yes, that is happening. We're not in denial, but we believe that God is at work, that God is in control, that he is doing something in our time. The Lord says this. I want to speak this over us as a church family. You know, behold, look, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I wonder if you're, we're looking for what God is doing in this season. You know, I was thinking about our Sundays. Yeah, they're very different, aren't they? <laughs> Our experience of Sundays is very different in this season. And it's so easy to look at that, especially, you know, we're not in the building this Sunday. And we can say, well, you know, clearly God is against us or the government is against us or the enemy has had his way or whatever. And whatever we think about all that, in some ways we can set aside. But you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, I wonder what God has for our Sunday space, for our Sunday gatherings for the future. I wonder what new thing he is doing in this moment that we can't quite see at the moment. Maybe some can see bits, but we can't quite see it. And yet he is at work. I don't necessarily mean the live streaming YouTube stuff, although all that is so critical in this time. But I'm on about giving God Sundays and saying, God, would you take these and mold them? We don't want to go back to what we had as much as we enjoyed gathering. We don't want to go backwards. We want to move into what you are doing in this season, what you're about, and give you our Sunday space to mold and shape and lead us where we're heading in the future. I also wonder for our church family, you know, um, as a wider, all the different activities that we do and gatherings and groups, 
we need to be asking the question, God, what are you doing in this season? How are you at work now that is setting us up for a great future, that is sowing things in us now that we'll reap and we'll um, experience in months and perhaps years to come? Now it springs forth. It's not always clear, is it? We can't always see it, but he is at work. But back to our personal lives, I think that's where I want to land this, this morning, wherever you are, sat at home watching this later, maybe you're catching up at some point, however you are, God can speak to you right now, uh, right where you are. And I want you to think about maybe the circumstances you're in, the life that you live, the things that you do, and remember these three things that we've said. Your circumstances don't define you. Remember that no matter how far we walk away, God is a redeeming God who pursues us and wants us to be drawn to himself. And remember that God is in control. When we remember those things, I believe that we can begin to see some of the things that God is doing. We can begin to say, behold, see, you know, he's doing something in our lives. He's doing something amongst us. So I want to pray before we go into another uh, worship song as a time of sort of reflection and thinking on this. I want to pray for you, however you are, wherever you are, whatever circumstances you are. And you might be loving lockdown. You might be thinking, this is fantastic. I get more time on my own or whatever. Or you might be really disappointed and struggling. All of that is fine. Let's pray together that we would see what God is doing, that we would see clearly and know that he is at work amongst us. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a God who is always at work. Thank you that we don't have to try and jostle you into it, convince you into it, that God, you are streets ahead, months, years ahead. You have your plan and you are working it through. And I pray, Father, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, that we would have that confidence that you are at work and you are doing something mighty in our lives, in our church, in our area, in the nation and the nations. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Ambercote Christian Centre. For more information about who we are, what we believe, and how you can get involved, check out our website, www.amblecotechristiancentre.org.uk.